Hey, how's your New Year's resolution to lose weight? Well, I tried to accomplish that by going to the gym, and I've been going for two hours every day. Oh wow, two hours! I mean, I cannot even exercise for 20 minutes. That's amazing. But how come it doesn't look like you've lost any weight though? Yeah, because to motivate myself, I eat chocolate before and after. Everyone, welcome to the 71st episode of Banana Key Podcast. It's January, so we know that a lot of people like to go New Year, New Me at the start of the year and come up with New Year's resolutions. So my question is, how many of you have not yet fallen off the wagon at this point, right? <laughs> it's, it's actually very difficult to form good habits. And a fun fact, more than 12% of gym members join in January compared to an average of 8.3% per month for the full year, according to the International Health, Racket, and Sports Club Association. So, going to the gym or to exercise more is one of the top 10 most common New Year's resolutions, according to ChrisTV.com. The others on the list are lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, save more money or spend less money, Quit smoking, spend more time with family and friends, travel more, and read more. So I think yeah. they are pretty common, right? I guess for me, I have gone through this phases myself in the past as well. Like, you know, I would say, oh, I'm going to lose weight. All these things that you write down, but then unfortunately, <laughs> not all the time, as, as mentioned, right? It's really, really difficult to form new habits, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those people who at the start of the year probably are very eager to change myself, form new habits, but then the farther it goes <laughs> Yes <laughs> My my will is strong. Well how, how do you say that? The flesh is weak. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> and I used to kind of create a lot of New Year's resolution, like a spray and pray approach. Maybe get a list of ten and hopefully have at least one <laughs> come true or form a habit. How about you? Are you still in the habit of creating New Year's resolution? Not really. I mean, I think I try to lose weight. I think that's my main thing usually. But it's not really like a, just a New Year thing anymore. Yeah. yeah, but I did try to do that at the start of this year. And <laughs> I guess I'm not super bad at it so far, but who knows, right? Mm. <laughs> Let's see how far it goes. Yeah, I, I would say that probably is on everybody's list now because everybody is stuck at home we are rarely going out yeah and so probably people have put on a lot of i have put on a lot of weight so i need to lose them <laughs> before my next annual medical checkup so mm -hmm. it's been a constant battle <laughs> exactly to exercise more but the question is how hard or how easy is it i'm a testament to it is a very hard task to do and according to a very old Russian psychologist, it's all in the mind. We can actually train our minds to form new habits. And according to Ivan, I think it's pronounced Ivan Petrovich Pavlov. So he was the father of classical conditioning. He used to experiment on dogs before. And he noticed that there's this natural instinct for dogs to salivate once they see a food, right? Mm -hmm. like once they say probably a T-bone steak or whatever it is. 
they would salivate. And he attached a neutral stimulus in that experiment by, you know, ringing a bell. So mm-hmm. ringing a bell to a dog doesn't necessarily do anything for the dog, right? Right. But what he did was he fed the dog, but then as soon as he did that, he would ring the bell. Mm-hmm. And okay. he noticed that, you know, naturally the dog would salivate. Mm-hmm. And then the following morning, when he bells the ring and when he rings the bell, <laughs> even without the food, the dog would salivate. Mm. So that means the dog has associated ringing of the bell with something enticing, something delicious, and that's why the dog salivates. Oh, yeah. So it's like a matter of associating one thing to another. So I'm just thinking, how can this be applied in real life? Now, of course, dogs can be trained, but obviously we have a more mature brain mm-hmm. than a dog, right? And obviously that can be true for us, I think. Mm. Say, for example, if you fancy somebody and that person likes the smell of roses, for example. Mm-hmm. And probably to apply Pavlov's theory or the classical conditioning theory, whenever you meet that person, you would spray rose scent, the fragrance <laughs> of a rose, right? So whenever that lady would smell the, the scent of roses, he, she would feel happy, right? Because that's what she likes. And next time around, if you do that more often, the next time around, even if you don't spray the scent of a rose, the lady would still feel good about you because now she associates you with the scent of a rose. Does mm, that make sense? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense, I would think. So this is like associating good things with the habit. So it's like a treat. Mm. Is that the same as like, you know, when you talk about the carrot or stick approach? This is different. So this was older than the, that's the operant condition. All right, okay. This one is automatic association. Got it, okay. So it's like you associate things that's totally unrelated, but then, you know, because of that association, you get to use the same effect. Ah. Say if you're studying and you don't want to study, you hate studying, but then you like chocolates, you love chocolates. So maybe make it a habit to eat chocolate while studying so Ah. that the next time around, even if you're not eating chocolate, you tend to like studying because now your brain is associated the two things together. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with that is you probably get smarter, but that won't help you with your weight problem, right? The, the <laughs> challenge of losing weight. So I suppose that will grant one wish, but totally destroy another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that you mentioned is called operant conditioning, wherein you either give a reward to something that you want to do, or what we call a reinforcer. Mm. That's the carrot. Or the stick, which is a punisher. Mm. If there's a thing that you don't want to do, and you want to do less of, then you put something, a stimulus that would prevent you from doing that thing. Yeah, yeah. An example of a positive reinforcement would be snacks. You would see that, I don't know if you've been to the zoo lately, but we went to one two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and then there was this walrus who was trained into, you know, catching all these uh, rings. And then whenever he successfully, or even even if not successful, but the walrus attempted to, perform the thing, he would be given snacks by the, I don't know, the operator or the master. Yeah, I think that's usually how you would train animals, yeah. So that's the positive. How about negative? You have a pet now. Can you give us real-life examples of how you would train? <laughs> usually when cats are involved, right? Like if you want them to hmm. continue doing something, then you give them treats, like you said. Hmm. So you can do that. On the other end is if they're doing something that you want to discourage, for example, if 
my cat Froyo likes to keep jumping on the keyboard, you know, and ruining the mm. keyboard in the process. So apparently, I can spray him with water. Huh? Apparently, some people do that, but I don't want to do it though because he might be too scared. I think I mentioned to you before, or maybe not on the podcast, mm. that you know he's scared of the sound of the spray. Like when I spray something, he like runs away. So maybe he was trained that way. I yeah, see. that's why he's afraid of the sound. Even just the sound, even though I'm not spraying it on him, he's afraid of it. So probably that was how he was trained before I got him. Then how is he taking a shower? Like, he probably would hate <laughs> it, right? Cats don't take showers. They're supposed to be bathed only twice a year. So it's fine. Oh. Because cats clean themselves. So they're not like dogs. That I did not know. So yes, cats do not like water. But I don't think it's like that they're scared of water. It's really because if they get wet, they need to mm. lick themselves. So they feel like, you mm. know, it's such a hassle. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say apply operant conditioning, the carrot and the stick, to human behavior? Probably raising a child, right? Like the bunal. <laughs> <laughs> That's use the bunal. Literal stick, stick. to yeah, hit to the child. Your children. And the carrot yeah. is the treat, right? So I don't think kids like carrots. So obviously it's not going <laughs> to work if you give them literal carrots, but chocolates that you mentioned, right? This reminds mm. me, speaking of chocolates, the cacao nib. It's kind of a chocolate, but probably not as sweet as a chocolate. But I remember there was an episode in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Terry to get motivated to finish cases or filing cases or something, he would reward mm. himself with a cacao nib. And at the end of like, I don't know how many weeks, he's super fat already because <laughs> 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 he was eating so much. So yeah, you're right. That could actually backfire as well. And I think another TV show, Big Bang Theory, right? Sheldon mm. trained Penny by throwing chocolate at her, right? Every ah, time yes, she did something yes. that was pleasant to him. So Sheldon was treating Penny like a dog. Like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is quite inspiring to know that there is something that we can do, right? Mm. Forming a habit, breaking a habit. It's usually a very tough ordeal, especially for us. I would say it's not 24-7 that we can commit. Like we don't have personal trainers. Mm. We are not like superstars that if there's something that we need help on, like we have a nutritionist that we can ask. Yes. Immediately. So it's we're doing it on our own and it's good that we can train our minds to do something, to do more of something or to do less of something, at least to make our lives better. So how do you think we can do that? Uh, why don't we take a look at the, the article that we saw from New York Times and that article was specifically mentioning how do we build healthy habits? And in one of the suggestions there is number one, stack your habits. According to this article, the best way to form a new habit is to tie it to an existing habit. Hmm. For example, you like listening to Banana Q podcast, right? And you wanna you wanna stack it to another habit, probably washing dishes. If you hate washing dishes and now you wanna incorporate listening to Banana Q podcast while washing dishes, you probably would end up hating or liking both I don't <laughs> hopefully liking both right okay but it does make sense right mm. if you stack your habit it reinforces each other hopefully for the better i think there was another book i don't remember which book that mentions that if you want to start a new habit the stacking part right but you should do it before the habit that you already currently have like for example mm. brushing teeth every morning 
it's your habit, right? Since you were a child, you will not leave the house without brushing your teeth. So since mm. you know that, then you can add on uh, another step that you know you want to mm. do. For example, you want to exercise. So you can try exercising before brushing your teeth, like very close mm. to brush. So like make it so that there it's a rider to the brushing of mm. teeth. And then you would be more likely to incorporate that into habit as well. Yeah. Mm. And the second that one here sense. is start small, right? Which makes sense. You don't want to like suddenly like maybe you're you're the one that you mentioned last time we had so many New Year's resolutions. That's probably why they failed because it was too big, right? Like there's so many things that yeah. you needed to do. So you should start small. So BJ Fogg, a Stanford University researcher and author of the book Tiny Habits, notes that big behavior changes require a high level of motivation that often cannot be sustained. So he suggests starting with tiny habits to make the new habit as easy as possible in the beginning. Taking a daily short walk, for example, could be the beginning of an exercise habit. So yeah, that makes sense, right? Like obviously do not suddenly decide to climb Mount Everest before you, you should start trying even climbing to the top of a small hill first. Because otherwise, you're really going to set yourself up for failure, right? Yeah, I'm one of those people who are very, I don't know, impatient. <laughs> like that example. Uh-huh. You like, you, you want to pursue probably trekking or hiking as a new habit. But then I get impatient. Oh, I want to I wanna see the best one. I want to go the topmost peak possible. And then you're right. You're probably not ready. You're not prepared. <laughs> exactly. Your body is not used to the altitude. And yeah, mm -hmm. it, it fails because now you associate hiking with something negative. Oh, it's just going to give me pain. Yeah. So yeah, start small and maybe work up from there. Yep. The next one is do it every day. Ooh. So according to this, there's a study uh, published in the European Journal of Social Psychology that shows that the amount of time it takes for a habit to be automatic ranges from 18 to 254 days mm. with a median time of 66 days. Wow, that's long. Yeah, that's three months, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. okay. So, so that's why it makes sense for you to make it more regular, do it daily so that it becomes a habit faster or easier. Mm. And it makes sense. Like if I commit myself to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then if there's a Wednesday that I don't feel like doing it, I'll probably say, I'll probably just go Thursday for this week. So MTAF this week. And then Thursday rolls along. And, oh, you know what? I'll just do it tomorrow. Now MWF becomes Monday and Friday. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it becomes only Friday. And then oh, Friday I got invited to a drinking party. And now it became nothing. <laughs> no day. <laughs> but making it every day probably uh, as the first tip mentioned, right? Uh, association. Stack your habits so that make it more regular so that it's easier for you to follow through. So yeah. Do it every day. But is it realistic though? That's why you need to start small, right? That's why you have to follow the previous mm -hmm. one as well. So if, for example, exercising, right? So you do it every day, but don't do the big ones. Like just walking for mm -hmm. 20 minutes every day and then you mm -hmm. build up to it. Like you get used to waking up early to exercise. And, you know, it's small and then eventually, it, you know, you can do more. And then when it has become a habit, then you can probably change your schedules. And then if you miss a day, probably do double the following day so that I do that for myself so that I really will feel bad 
skipping a day because mm-hmm. I'll have to do double the following day. I so see. it kind of becomes the stick for me. Right? Uh, it, it deters me from haphazardly saying no to a day. I see, um, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So that I foresee <laughs> that there will be a punishment <laughs> the following day. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Maybe we can Hopefully do that something. motivates other people. But yeah, that's how I motivate myself sometimes. Okay, the next one is make it easy. So habit researchers know we are more likely to form new habits when we clear away the obstacles that stand in our way. Packing your gym bag and leaving it by the door is one example of this. Wendy Wood, a research psychologist at the University of Southern California, says she began sleeping in her running clothes to make it easier to roll out of bed in the morning, sleep on her running shoes, and run. Choosing an exercise that doesn't require you to leave the house, like sit-ups or jumping jacks, is another way to form an easy exercise habit. Yeah, I think that makes sense, right? Like, I think there was another, I can't remember again which book or I think I heard it from another podcast where they mentioned that adding friction to something is what actually makes it difficult or easy for you to form a habit. Like if you mm. want to, for example, quit smoking, you have to make it difficult for you to quit smoking. You add friction to that. I'm just trying to think of a way. If you want to quit smoking, you want to create friction. How would you do that? You know, like I know for a fact that you know if you are hooked on cigarettes, you love smoking. You would have a lot of backup cigarettes at your house, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so why you need to get rid of that. that. Yeah. And if you have that, probably put them in a locked box and a combination that's <laughs> probably 16 characters long. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to solve a puzzle and all that. So it creates a lot of friction, oh, then what? you would you would give up. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be the same for anything that you want to quit. Like, you know, yeah, you're trying to diet, right? So you mm. want to not eat carbs, then you need to get rid mm. of all the cookies and all the carby stuff at home, right? So that it doesn't, it's mm. not uh, easy to just give in and then just suddenly you're eating a lot. Or if you're a shopaholic, maybe remove your credit card from the save option, right? Like nowadays, it's so easy to shop because you can just do Apple Pay. You can just, you know, it's saved in your mm. Google or Amazon whatever. Amazon one-click payment. Exactly. So remove it from there. Some people actually, they say you, you you should freeze your credit card literally, like put it in a block of ice in the freezer. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. That is so weird, right? <laughs> like, you so, know, in case of emergency, you need to thaw out the block of mm-hmm. ice before you can use the credit card. So obviously, it goes without saying you also shouldn't write down the digits somewhere and, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that defeats the purpose. Yeah, but that makes sense, right? It adds frustration. Mm. How would you... I'm, I'm still trying to think about following that <laughs> uh, credit card. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that damage the magnetic stripe or whatever it is? Yeah, you have a point. Yeah, I have no idea. Mm. But I've seen that in TV shows, so I don't really know how resilient the credit card is. Mm. Maybe that's the whole point. It's wet and then you're not going to be able to use it at all. So what was the point? <laughs> You're just wasting energy. You're wasting electricity. Why do you have to freeze it? You just cut it. Use the scissors. Yeah, exactly. it's just yeah. You're right. I think because the the point is you want to have it there in case of emergency. But the question is, is it still usable? But I guess it is mm. usable uh, in the sense that you can just take the numbers. Right. Sometimes you, all you need is the numbers. Mm. So maybe the point is to keep it away so that it's not easy to have that information at hand 
But yeah, you probably won't be able to swipe it anymore or something. Who knows? <laughs> and the last one is reward yourself. According to this article, rewards are an important part of a habit formation. When we brush our teeth, the reward is immediate. A minty fresh mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. But some rewards, like weight loss or physical changes from exercise, take longer to show up. That's why it helps to build in some immediate rewards to help you form the habit. Yeah. Okay. Trying to lose weight, immediate reward would be french fries that is obviously the reward should not be <laughs> counter to whatever you're doing maybe let's okay let's look at the list aside from losing weight what else was there like for example live life to the first okay this is difficult i don't know what the reward for that is. <laughs> i remember before when we were trying to lose weight and then we were mm. saying okay why don't we reward ourselves right if you lose let's, let's say five kilos we make a list for every five, like, you know, when you lose five kilos, what will you reward yourself with? So that is what you are going towards, right? Like, for example, oh, if I lose five kilos, then um, I can buy a concert ticket. If I lose another five kilos, then I will buy Apple Watch. Mm. Obviously, the reward shouldn't be food, which is contrary mm. to what you're trying to achieve. <laughs> but that takes a lot of discipline, too, because... Say in that example, mm. if I lose five kilos, I'll, I'll get concert tickets. Mm. And then this week, I probably lost two kilos. And then, oh, the concert will be in two months. But I think <laughs> at the rate I'm losing, <laughs> I'll probably reach five kilos by then. And so I will pre-purchase the ticket. Because right? you can't purchase a ticket overnight. Like uh. if the concert is tomorrow, it would have been sold out. So it has to be advanced now obviously do not choose that kind of um reward Mm. right like maybe it's something that you like items for women clothes makeup maybe if five Mm. kilos is a bit too long if you want it to be easy then it should be like one kilo you reward yourself with something you know what that reminds me i think it was when we came to japan and i wanted to lose weight because in my annual medical checkup i was categorized as obese in japan Mm. So I really wanted to lose weight. Mm. And and so one way, what, what I did was I bought clothes one sizes lower so that I would mm. be forced to fit into the clothes. And you know what? I wasted a lot of clothes. <laughs> I thought there was, this was going to be a motivational story, but no. But uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I've been there. I've been there. For me, what worked was do not buy like your your dream size. For example, before like two years ago, I actually did manage to lose weight, and then I gained that all back because of the pandemic. But anyway, what worked for me before was you would buy dress sizes just one size smaller. Obviously, for example, your goal is like really three dress sizes smaller. Do not do that because that would take forever to reach, and then you will not be motivated. You know, like, oh, I'm never going to fit in that dress, you know. But then if it's just just one size, right, you would probably reach that in a few weeks or something. So the moment you reach that, then you feel really good about yourself. Like, oh, my gosh, I fit this dress. And then you would even be more motivated to go on, right? And then you buy another dress that is another size smaller. So what I used to do was I would hang that dress on the back of my door, in my bedroom door, so that I would see it every day. And then I would be reminded, like, Oh, I need to fit in that dress, you know? So you do need to motivate yourself in that way, I suppose. But yeah, if you do that thing where you buy something and it's like, you know, far, very far away from your goal, then it's really because you're really going to lose steam. So that is why what he mentioned here was to reward yourself immediately. So maybe what I said kind of applies. 
it's not really a reward, but more of a motivating factor, right? It needs to be mm-hmm. in smaller pieces and not like, you know, mm-hmm. like for example, your goal is to run a marathon. So don't reward yourself if you run the marathon, right? Like reward yourself if you manage to, let's say, run one kilometer and then the next day another kilometer and so on. Like obviously your reward shouldn't be food again as <laughs> we're talking about marathon, maybe something else. I don't know. Whatever it is that you like, lipstick, for example, for women, oh, if I manage to run one kilometer, okay, I think one kilometer is too, too little, right? But anyway, for example, just for example. I think that's a good excuse, huh? Like, in your example, mm. if I plan to run a marathon and I reward myself every kilometer I run, I'll have 42 gifts <laughs> by the end. Mon <laughs> <laughs> Mon's probably going to be wondering, how come you're buying a lot for yourself? Like, you're buying new stuff every week. Because I was able to run one new kilometer every week. <laughs> well, yeah, but just make sure those things you're rewarding yourself is also not like so expensive that they do bankrupt you at the end of. A... <laughs> like, why are you buying yourself a car? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's a shopaholics excuse. <laughs> so, do you have any examples of any New Year's resolutions that you actually did manage to fulfill, and what? did you do that you think worked usually it's about studies like mm, uh, okay to taking exams like making it a habit to study so that i pass the exam those were the ones successful the unsuccessful ones yeah losing weight studying japanese why was it successful compared to the ones that were not what do you think worked i probably used all of the examples that we've given so association so okay. studying probably is pretty boring and and all that so uh, I would listen to very good music, mm. very lively EDMs. Like my go-to is Eye of the Tiger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just kidding. So it motivates me. It it associates studying with lively music, right? So it 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 boosts my spirits up, and rewards as well. Like if I finish a chapter or finish a book. I would reward myself probably eat chocolate. As I've said, mm. it's not re- it, it's it's fulfilling <laughs> one, and it's completely destroying another. <laughs> so that's why my list probably is impossible to complete because mm. I keep on rewarding something that destroys another one. I guess for me, I think what I could add is if you could find like-minded people, right? Like a uh, diet body, and then there's accountability, right? Because if you're if it's just yourself, and you think if I don't fulfill this goal then so what Mm. there's nothing that's bad that's gonna happen basically but if you have like an accountability body like maybe you have a bet or something right like oh if if i don't lose five kilos by whatever date then i would have to pay you a hundred dollars then that's a motivation right like oh my god Mm. no i don't want to lose a hundred dollars right and i guess that, that makes sense for the studies part because if you don't Past that, you will lose the money that you paid for the exam or something. So maybe that is why it was like a lot easier. Not really easy, but it was, you know, you could actually stick to it because there was an accountability. You know, you will suffer consequences if you don't pass that And I thing. like that concept of accountability buddy because... If you just reward yourself, it's so easy to relapse, right? Like, mm. like oh, I've already received a reward, so... What other reward could you know keep my spirits up? Accountability body that reminds me of. I know it's a bit extreme, mm. but in, in the movies that we see, right? There's mm. always this AA Alcoholics Anonymous, 
and they would it's a support group wherein you would talk about your struggles what, what are the things that are effective and you would usually have a sponsor and that sponsor would be your buddy or partner that would guide you and would mentor you coach you how to remove that you know something whatever it is whatever addiction you're trying to manage and there is that accountability you don't want to fail your coach right? and your coach probably has coached a lot of people already and he would know the profile you know how how to do things better yeah true yeah and then they usually the sponsors are probably someone who went through it themselves before i guess so they they mm-hmm. would be able to give you tips and you know they really are mm-hmm. concerned about you because they mm-hmm. kind of see themselves in you right so mm-hmm. yeah I, i think it makes sense if you can you could maybe hire a coach or whatever to help mm-hmm. you in your whatever it is that you're trying to do like for example if it's exercise maybe you could hire a physical trainer right if it's just you you would be lazy and you're not gonna go to the gym like what's gonna stop you mm. but if someone is like hey where are you don't we have a schedule at this time and if you don't show up then you're forfeiting the let's say 100 session then of course you're gonna show mm. up right <laughs> it probably works best if you're the person who don't want to disappoint others mm. like you, you hate disappointing others more than you disappoint yourself yes which is that. Common, yeah, does, right? Does yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's common. I'm, I'm like that person. Like, I, <laughs> I'd rather disappoint myself than disappoint others. And uh-huh. if you have that person, you know, coaching you, taking the time, spending the time with you, coaching you, and you grow fond of that person, and you don't want to disappoint that person, and so you really do your best, put your best foot forward. Yeah, for me, and maybe that's what's gonna work. If you know, if you are too unreliable. <laughs> 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 which I am so I think if I really I really want to do this then I need to find an accountable somebody to be accountable to if you do not hire a professional if you just have a body maybe pick a body who is not as susceptible as you as well right like maybe <laughs> oh I don't want to do so okay let's not do this anymore like okay so find someone mm. who is very <laughs> motivated <laughs> to, mm. right <laughs> find somebody who is more into it than you are mm, yeah somebody who's very competitive mm, somebody's competitive and somebody that compliments you probably as well like if he's strong in some things that you are weak of and then you're stronger in some aspect then you help each other out mm, true yes mm. that could work yeah because you, sometimes you're very motivated and then your body is like slacking and in the end you lose mm. your motivation as well So it's not good. Yeah. You need to pick the right body because they said that what was that? Uh, average of eighteen. A, a median of sixty-six days. Yeah, sixty-six days to form a habit. So you really need to be patient. I thought it was just twenty-one days, but apparently it's like a lot more, and which makes sense, right? But the thing is, you need to be patient because when it eventually becomes a habit. Then it becomes autopilot, right? It's the same way mm. like brushing teeth. You cannot imagine leaving the house without brushing your teeth. So mm. you just need to keep at it. And then when you reach the sixty-six days after that, you you know it's like driving a car that there are certain parts of that that is actually kind of automatic. Like you're not even really thinking too much about it anymore. It's become a part of you. So that's what we should. Probably aim for, I would think. That's why it makes sense to start small. It makes sense to do it daily. So yeah, maybe we could do that. For me, maybe I'll try to you know wake up earlier than usual. We had that in one of our goals, like to sleep earlier. And you know what motivated us, D? Mm. We got a new Tempur-Pedic memory foam. 
pillow. Okay. It's a good motivator to sleep early because it's so nice. It stretches your neck. Mm. Yeah. So that's a perfect now example of a treat <laughs> or, or removing <laughs> friction, right? You remove the friction mm. of the not so nice pillow before. Okay, that's good. Okay. Mm. Pillow. Yeah, you're right because it, it's very easy to like lose track of time and then the next thing you know, you've binge watched an entire season of some show and oh my god i have mm. work tomorrow and all that and you know so yeah i think it's a good idea to try to you know early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy wealthy and wise according mm. to say. or you can install automated lights in your home like if you want to sleep at 10 p.m probably at 9 55 automatically switch off all the lights and then oh it's time to sleep right because mm. darkness is an inducer <laughs> of Sleep. So okay. Probably do that. Automate as much as possible. Remove the friction. Probably mm. the switch is too far. Mm. You need to walk 500 miles before reaching. <laughs> oh my God, that's so. The switch. Why? That's why, you know, <laughs> you stay up late. And so uh-huh. by automating that portion, you will, you know, sleep earlier than usual. Okay. Sounds good. Mm. Okay. I will. Especially now, right? Investing in sleep is the best investment. Yeah. We're at home, so we can sleep more. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, cuties? What are your New Year's or what are your new New Year's resolutions? Uh Do you have any tips? How how do you manage your relapse? (laughs) (laughs) Share with us, please. (laughs) Send us an email or tag us in our social media handles. All right. Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it... Cutie Minute. Okay, so our first cutie is RJ Gonzalez. He said, Hi, Bananaki Podcast. I accidentally played one of your podcasts while searching for Rizal Conspiracy. After that episode, I played four more episodes. I relate myself in episode 33. Yes, you're right. I chose not to speak or talk in English because I'm afraid to make a mistake and some people make fun of me. It started since elementary, especially in English subject. I prefer to sit behind so that our teacher will not see me or even ask me a question. Now, I'm working abroad so I have no choice but to use English to communicate. Lol, keep being an inspiration to others. I really appreciate your podcast. And be an inspiration to keep improving my English. Thank you, Banana Q. Okay. Mm, that's so nice. Very kind words. And I hope yes. you've Thank listened you, to more than four episodes by now, right? <laughs> Hopefully you did not stop at the fourth one. Our next comment is from Zen Zero Cook. Ooh, Zen Zero Cook. And this is in relation to episode 66, which was... I think this was career advice mm-hmm. right? career advice to gen z yep and he says i just assume he said yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah gen zero cook mm. and i just listened to this episode and it's timely because i'm starting a new job in 2022 mm. oh, sorry yeah 2022 congratulations i'm glad that y'all clarified i like this y'all <laughs> i'm glad that y'all clarified to build relationships with stakeholders I made a mistake in my previous job of getting too close to someone who acted friendly, but in the end, it costed me my career. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips on how to be vigilant when making work friends, in quotations? 
Salamat kaayo sa inyong podcast. Kamo akong lingaw every podcast drop diri sa bukid of West Virginia. Insert. Take me home, country road. Keep it up. <laughs> right. That's why there's a yow. <laughs> yes, yow. Yeah. So what's your tip? I think you had a tip for this when I first shared it with you, right? Yeah, I think if it's work, it's work, right? Mm. Keep it, keep it professional. Like, why would you share your deepest, darkest personal secrets to your colleague? Mm. In the first place, you got to know each other just because you're colleagues, right? Mm. So. You were not brought to each other because you have common likings. Trust wasn't there <laughs> at first, right? Mm. You were just there because you work together. So keep it professional. You do, you wouldn't want to say something that would incriminate or implicate you to something, right? Yeah. Something that can be used towards you. Even though you are friends to some extent, you are colleagues. That's the primary reason, mm. right? Yeah. And if you kind of mess that up, we will still need to work with each other. That's my point. Yeah, you, ha- you have a point. Don't don't mix it up. Yeah, but I think it's fine to be friends, but then don't overshare. Like, obviously, don't tell them things that could get you into trouble at work. Mm. Right? Like, for example, yeah, because I know someone <laughs> in real life, there were these ex-friends. So, they, they were friends, supposedly. And then, you know, um, eventually, they were not friends anymore or whatever. And then, the other person who knew about this told HR that oh this mm. guy took a sick leave so that he could travel to say Thailand or something I don't remember but somewhere like that and then he's not really sick and he got fired wow. of, <laughs> yeah, course. of course right yeah. like why would you do that so yeah don't share things that would land you in hot water basically <laughs> yeah in, in, in general don't engage in I would say negative conversations gossip like say no to gossip right because mm. in that example somebody sharing with you you know a, a bad practice like how would how would I feel like, <laughs> we're colleagues yeah I would feel really bad right like why would you share that to me and and right then and there nip it in the bud hey be upfront I don't want to engage in these type of conversations mm. why don't we change the subject or why don't we talk about Didi's cat something else <laughs> like, let's, let's not talk about if you engage in conversations like that it will be a start of a downward spiral mm, right yeah, yeah. That, that colleague of yours would think oh I shared this with him and he would be fine with it then probably I'll share more I'll share more why don't we talk about our bad boss why don't we talk about mm, you know what I mean like yeah, it's yeah. just gonna grow exponentially from there I know venting out mm. is I would say normal like vent out to somebody else not your colleague yeah 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 yeah. you have a point I think like no matter how close you are to your colleagues right just don't as you said right like obviously don't talk about your boss <laughs> like, because he might tell your boss what you said yeah and what's stopping him yeah I mean <laughs> essentially it, it's just one alcohol away from mm. divulging right and there are a lot of events company events alcohol is involved so you really want to avoid engaging in those conversations because there are no guarantees <laughs> mm-hmm. no secret is there, there's a saying about that like no matter how well kept the secret is it still travels faster than whatever it is mm-hmm. it travels really fast so don't just avoid it at all costs yeah so yeah but it, we're not saying that you can't be friends with your colleagues you can but just huh? yeah. obviously find the line and don't mm. cross it. 
Mm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, definitely be friends with your colleagues. That's, mm. that's something that I would highly encourage people to do. But yeah, as you've said, don't cross the line. Mm. There's a very, very clear red line. <laughs> don't cross it. Because yeah. once you do, the worst case that would happen, like what you mm. shared, right? You could get fired. You could get fired for sure. Yeah. Okay, this is slightly related. But for example, I know someone who was my former teammate. Right, so in the morning, she was still there, and in the afternoon, suddenly my supervisor said, "Okay, this person is no longer working." It's like, "How? Oh, what happened?" It turns out, um, she was emailing, venting about their boss to someone, like a former teammate or something. I don't know, and IT or HR or whoever, because there are systems in place, right, to catch, to flag. I mean, they don't read everything, but they flag out certain words mm. right so they probably that probably got flagged and then they read the email that was incriminatory and she got fired so you should be careful what you say on email you know what you say within the four walls of your office because that mm. could definitely bite you in the ass so <laughs> mm. yeah you probably say oh that's wrong that's invasion of my privacy actually you probably signed something a privacy uh, waiver yep. at the start of your contract or start of your employment to say that whatever medium you use within the confines of your office mm. the company has the right to take a look has the right to you know yep exactly yeah to know everything yes yeah. so you're not safe she committed mortal sin number one don't use email <laughs> if it's something that <laughs> You, you you can plead the fifth yeah uh, later on don't use anything any recording emails video chats yeah cha- uh, yeah chats also it. I remember last time somebody also like was talking about salary or something via chat mm. and then the next thing you know it was being called into the director's office follow your corporate company policy that's the bottom line there yeah <laughs> 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 alright okay I think that's it then that's it bye that's it. bye <laughs> Bye.